This is the Energy Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. That's what's going to be, I think, truly transformational to a lot of businesses. And hydrogen fuel cells enable a lot of use cases with batteries. By covering the surfaces in floating solar PV panels, you can not only generate electricity on site, you can actually purify the water. All right, welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern, and joining me is Troy Billet. He's the U.S. Director for Off Grid Box. Troy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, man. Yeah, I'm glad I could be here. Absolutely. So today we're talking about sustainability, and we're talking about what Off Grid Box does. And one of the things that they highlight on their website is that globally, 1.2 billion people don't have access to electricity, and another 800 million don't have access to clean water, which those are enormous numbers. And uh, I think for a lot of us here in the United States, uh, it's easy to forget that that is the case in a lot of places around the world. So um, today we're going to talk about what Off Grid Box does and how they help address those problems, as well as just address sustainability issues uh, as we look at the future of our planet. So, uh, Troy, I just want to start off here. When did the idea strike your founders? Uh, that they could do something to kind of help provide these basic necessities for people around the world. Yeah, I remember in one of our first conversations, I was sitting down with Emiliano, the inventor and founder, and he told me that they were working in South Africa with a large NGO, and they were trying to do installations for primary schools. So they needed to get energy and water to these really remote schools. And they noticed that a project could take three weeks because once they lost a screw, you know, they had to talk to the brothers, aunts, uncles, cousin, and then they had to negotiate. So they basically just threw everything inside of a box and shipped it all together. Um, then the off-grid box was, was born. But after a few years and t- like tons and tons of iterations on the box, they got it down to a three-hour project or a three-hour product, you know? <laughs> that can just be deployed immediately. Um, and now people have been using it for all kinds of stuff, not only rural clinics and schools, but for you know, a mini grid or a virtual grid in these communities or even ranch houses out in East Texas. So it's it's been astonishing how many different use cases. I mean, water and power needed everywhere, right? So. <laughs> Absolutely, so, so tell us a little bit about what the off-grid box is. How big is it and uh, what all can it do and how does it work? Yeah, so the off-grid box is a six-foot by six-foot shipping container with solar panels on the top and water purification inside. Um, So this small size or mini shipping container allows it to be easily transported, but it lasts 20 years. So that's why some people use it for a, a cabin that they just keep there as a permanent installation. But then in disaster relief, situations an NGO might buy it for a school in need that had its you know grid knocked out by a huge hurricane in Puerto Rico but then as recovery starts to happen they can move it to other schools that are farther from the city absolutely what's I guess important for you guys um, as you move forward uh, when it comes to uh, scaling this operation even larger um, what's what's the future hold for uh, for off-grid box in that direction I think it's really exciting to talk about the future of off-grid box because right now we're starting with energy and water. However, we've already introduced Wi-Fi around the system, which has been super useful. But this is only the beginning. I mean, we've seen that deploying one of these systems in a rural village, we can provide for about 2,000 people. But 
we began to ask them, like, what are the things would they want next? And we assumed that they wanted Wi-Fi. Um, but when the women entrepreneurs as shopkeepers asked them, they said, actually, we want music. And so we're like, well, yeah, what is the quickest way we can get them music? So we started selling these little speaker systems. And the speaker systems, you know, were just handheld speakers. Um, but it started to increase their energy production. So or their energy usage, right? And so not only did it make our customers happy, but also it increased our own revenue. So like, I think the key is is really understanding what these customers want, um, and then we can provide other services. Maybe we'll branch into medical services or beverages, or I mean, literally anything. When you're a hub for a community, you can provide any service. Absolutely. And it, I, I love that it starts at the basic necessities and then can grow out from there, right? Because um, you highlight on your website and in one of the videos just how many people die every year from water-related diseases. So once you start there and take care of the basic necessities, then you can kind of move out from there and kind of get into luxuries. So whether it is, you know, like you mentioned, Wi-Fi or music or something else, uh, then you're able to benefit their lives even further just once you get past that initial point. Yeah, and I think that's why we built the box with a modular approach. So, you know, if you don't want the water system, that's fine. Just take the solar. You save a couple grand. So the idea is really to have a modular system that is a, useful for each use case. So, like, we can't assume that every place is going to need the same things. But with a modular approach, they can kind of pick and choose what they want for their location. So you could see this, um, it, it, I, I suppose, like right now I'm, I'm thinking of it in remote villages, but uh, as you mentioned, disaster relief, uh, you, you could run, I'm assuming, like a, a tiny house or something like that off of, off of an off-grid box? Probably like five to ten tiny homes. <laughs> um, no, I mean... I could have my own little community. Yeah, exactly. And so we, we, we got actually a lot of requests from, from people doing these kind of, you know, small huts or tents or tiny homes. And it's, it's a mini grid, basically. Um, and, you know, of course, we have the basic system, which is three kilowatt, but we've built all the way up to eight kilowatts. So depending on the needs, we can always add more panels or batteries in order to kind of scale up. And worst case scenario, you just drop another box. This is really interesting, and, and I think part of the reason it's so intriguing to me is you're right, that modular aspect of it, because I think when a lot of people think of sustainability and something that uh, could represent uh, in an easier, more sustainable way of consuming energy that doesn't do long-term damage to the planet, they think of something that is... Um, I don't know, really restrictive when it comes to time or effort or things like that. But this really is kind of an all-in-one, very easy to comprehend approach to sustainability and to powering, um, you know, whether it is a, a small community somewhere or uh, tiny houses or, you know, something else along those lines. And so I, I think that that is an appealing aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy journey for us. And we've seen that about half of the customers have been related to foundations that want to kind of or impact investors that want to sponsor a community um, in the developing world but then the other half has been private owners um, that just want to be resilient and sustainable but this turnkey is really what sets us apart from other projects is that i mean literally within three hours you can be totally off-grid people often are shocked at how easy that is. They, they think it's always something so overwhelming to leave the grid. 
Yeah, they think of it as uh, Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec, you know, got to escape to his cabin or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, this this makes it uh, a much more, I, I guess, easily comprehensible uh, idea, I suppose. And uh, from the Rwanda video that I was watching, and I thought this was a really great aspect of what you guys do, is that you uh, put people, you empower young women in that particular village um, to kind of run the box on a daily basis. Um, and I thought that was a really cool aspect of things. I know that probably doesn't occur in every particular use case, but that to me really signified an idea that you're caring for the community, not just in those basic needs, but also in then empowering people to have a job doing that even after you've left. Yeah, so the, the video covers um, one of our young ladies. Her name is Joyce. I mean, we, we basically found her through a local nonprofit um, and this is how we find, you know, all of our women entrepreneurs in Rwanda. Um, so we work with Women for Women, who they provide some training and classes and education. Um, but we take about 10 of them and we train them all on basic solar and um, uh, water purification systems to give them a basic understanding. Um, and then out of that, we pick about four of them to actually run the shop on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, they can take turns and this kind of thing. Um, But this allows, you know, because we see part of our impact, not only being the water and power, but also like the jobs and the training that we provide to the people locally. Um, And then they or Joyce will provide, you know, these kits to the families, which is like a small battery pack, which you might use to charge your iPhone when you're not at home. And that comes with three LED lights and an adapter for a couple of phones. And so they, for the first time, we're taking lighting and electricity into the home. So they take that battery back home and they can plug and charge the things that they want to use. It was kind of funny because one guy kept coming back every day and we're like, why, why is he using so much energy? Usually people come once or twice a week. And it was because he was, we went to his house and he had bought a, like a hair buzzer. And he was like giving everybody haircuts and like he started his own shop. And so like this, these micro businesses around the off-grid box really showed us the true potential. You know, it's not just about clean water. It's about what clean water and electricity allow people to do. Yeah, that's a, that's an absolutely fantastic point. Just empowering people to... Uh, to start businesses, little micro businesses, like you mentioned, or kind of be able to to use those skills then moving forward. Uh, I'm wondering uh, for you guys, what challenges do you face moving forward as you uh, look to continue to scale this business? Well, that's the interesting part about this is is we're a for-profit entity, right? We're, a lot of people assume that we're a foundation or we're a nonprofit, but we're not. We're for-profit because we find that is a more sustainable approach to off-grid development, right? Um and how that works is that if we have a women entrepreneur, she manages this off-grid box shop, right? Well, by selling the water and power services to the community, that box, I mean, maybe it costs $25,000 to set up and deploy and everything, but it makes $10,000 in revenue every single year, and it lasts for 20 years. So not only can you pay back enough money for the system, but you can also reinvest those monies in order to deploy more systems at an exponential rate. So that's why foundations and, and loan providers have jumped in because they want to see this exponential growth. So they see, yes, financial return is important. However, the impact is also part of the return. So this combination 
allows foundations organizations to get this 15% IRR, which is great for solar, but also make, you know, a great, great impact. And so that's what we're doing now is like, you know, capital is kind of the bottleneck to, to get these initial boxes out there. Um, however, now that we've raised about 2 million for this, um, it's, it's really exciting time. Now it's more about finding, implementing partners that I can help us make this a reality. I mean, at some point there is going to be need some maintenance or, you know, for example, in Rwanda, we'll have four box, box shopkeepers, but then we'll have one technician for every 10 boxes. And then maybe a country manager who can deal with bigger technical issues. I mean, we really did build these boxes to be completely off grid, right? It's about $400 in maintenance per year, which is like way better than any utility bill you could ever get. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but still, like there is some some minor maintenance, and we don't even want to automatize it a hundred and twenty percent because we're always going to need that physical person that's a part of the community really managing it and being the face of of the services that we provide. So now you're looking for partners kind of more on a local level then is that right? Um, because you have funding kind of on a, on a large scale, but now you need local partners. Yeah, so the next step is really finding where we're going to place these boxes. So we need people with experience on the ground working with these remote projects, whether it's a community in the developing world that has never had energy and clean water before, or if it's, you know, a private sector um, tourism or agritourism or permaculture or even disaster relief. I mean, we've served some boxes in, already in the Caribbean because in Madagascar, our box survived a cyclone. Like, I mean, it's it's crazy the, the amount of use cases, but we just need people to come in and tell us about their story so that we can see if we can have a box help them. So how can people get in touch with you guys? Where should they go? And uh, what kind of people are you looking for specifically? Yeah, we're looking for small or big organizations that have really local people on the ground in areas of need. Um, but yeah, if you just go to our website and literally it says apply for a free box, like we try to make it very clear. <laughs> um, and yeah, all the information is there, the different impact areas. I mean, it could be on social, you know, education, women empowerment, or it could be on health. You know, maybe it's a water, more of a water project. That's totally fine. Maybe it's sustainable farming or eco villages or even rebuilding or even preparedness. I mean, we saw the devastation in, in Puerto Rico. So let's not allow that to happen again. Let's build more resilient communities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when it comes to solar panels, are you... Uh, are you guys producing the solar panels, or are you purchasing them from somewhere else? How are you kind of building the box all you know all together? So technology is is always a constant iteration, right? So we don't want to be solar panel manufacturers or battery manufacturers, right? So the only thing we really build in house is the brain of the system because we specialize in integrated systems. So. You know, we, we buy solar panels with a 25-year warranty from a typical supplier. We Same with the batteries, um, same with the inverter. Um, so you have major brands like EXE Solar and Victron and Sonnengen. I mean, it just, whatever is the best deal at the time is, is what we prepackage the box with because we don't want to be restricted to these kind of things, right? So we're more about assembling the best components available 
um, and then monitoring that with the software and hardware or brain <laughs> that we've developed. That's phenomenal, and I I love what you guys are doing and the uh, the overall mission of uh, of everything that Off Grid Box is doing. So Troy Billet, U.S. Director of Off Grid Box, man, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Great, thank you. It was it was a pleasure speaking with you, and and I look forward to everything that comes.